Welcome back. Season two, episode two of How I Met My Mom, the podcast. Today we're going to talk about Jenny's mom, her adoptive mom. So I wanted to talk to you today about your mom because she's really the most, well, she's the missing link for me because I never got to know her. I've met two of your brothers. I've met your dad. You know, so I've gotten a feeling for what it was like or what your family's like, but I don't know really anything about her. So I wanted to tell you to tell me, like, what what were your favorite things about her? My favorite things about her. Let's see. So just to recap for probably people who, I don't know if they're just kind of getting into the podcast or haven't started from the beginning or it's been a while. So my mom passed away, what, a little over a year ago in April? April 17th, yeah. Yep. So um, she never got the chance to meet Kelly, like she said. Um, but my favorite things about her, um, I would just say like, she was probably like the kindest person that I ever knew ever. Um, I guess, I don't know. You just don't meet people who are that nice, just like genuinely that nice. Um, I've never heard her say a disparaging thing about anyone ever. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's also weird. Like, have you ever met somebody (laughs) like that? No. No, but that, no. Yeah. Like. And I'm not like that, but I don't think 95% of the world is like that. But um, she was just that kind of person. So it was just, she was just a very unique, special person. Um, So I would say like that was my favorite thing. Um, She was also just like an excellent mom. Always doing, you know, motherly things like making cookies for the kids, taking you to school, taking you to practice, whatever. Um, Just always there, 100%. Loved being a mom. That was like her passion and purpose in life to her. So yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. The only thing I have to even relate to that is the only thing I ever knew about her was like letters that she sent to the maternity center, and she always referred to you as our daughter together. Mm-hmm. And then she would say things like, you know, you she will always know that you were part of her life, and thank you for this gift of life, and you know, it was always very gracious. And the only thing I ever really caught of her was her hands. Like in a picture, and you, it was a picture of you, and her hands were there, and they were like long and elegant, and <laughs> they looked like hands of a lady, which yeah, no. yeah. made me feel good. I don't know why. It just made me feel good. It's like, oh, yay. <laughs> yeah, I think she did have nice hands, but um, yeah, and always like nice nails. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She so, just looked like a lady. <laughs> she was a lady, but not too like uppity or put together, like normal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's funny. Her hands. Her hands. That's the only thing I can really let in. The letters that she sent were awesome, too. Yeah, and I think everyone... I'm sure every kid growing up thinks their mom was, like, the prettiest person ever, right? So I always thought no. she was, like, pretty. No, <laughs> you did. <laughs> Being <Okay>. honest. <laughs> All right, well, I thought she was, like, super pretty. The pictures I have seen of her, I do think she was very attractive, yes. Yeah, so that's funny. Um, yeah. So what kind of things did she do to placate you when you were feeling upset like what were her coping mechanisms for you to like comfort me yeah to comfort you to to make you feel a-okay um she always had a rocking chair so I'd always get rocked you know like when you're upset or whatever Mm -hmm. she'll rock you which is funny because like so in Jordan's uh room we have the rocking chair that she rocked all of us on so it was like I don't know like a bit the big first purchase they had as a couple you know that you actually spent a decent amount of money on. So I have the original rocking chair. So I just remember as a kid, like, she would 
I would always, like, ask her to rock me on this chair, which is, like... Rock me, mom! Oh, yeah, no, totally. And I remember, like, asking, or, like, wanting to be rocked at, like, 10, and it's, like, you're at that age where you're, like, no. You no, I stop getting rocked. Thing. But I'd be, like, no, just rock me because it's nice. Scratch my back, whatever. <laughs> Play with my hair. Exactly. That's what I need. 100%. Most definitely. So, did she talk a lot about um, being adopted when you were a kid? Like, how did that first get in her to your life or was it just always kind of there yeah so we i guess the on start of this episode you showed me these letters that you got sent or whatever so mm-hmm. it's saying like um i don't know one of them says like when i was three that i already knew that i was adopted or whatever so um or that i but i didn't know why or because i mean what does a three-year-old know but do they have like books or something like sometimes now they have books that say in yeah we talked about one of the books in an earlier episode um but i don't remember when i started reading that book um but yeah i i guess i just always knew i don't remember how they introduced it that's funny because i guess if you do it early enough it just seems like it's natural normal. like that yeah. just happens yep and then i don't I don't remember us talking about it a lot. I do remember her being very positive about you. Just being like, oh, your birth mother loves you so much. She, you know, moms can't always take care of their kids. So they give them to somebody else because they love them so much and they want them to have a good life. That's kind of how it was spun. So, so speaking of that, which leads me to the next question. Is the story always like mother centric? Did she ever talk about your dad? Never. Your birth dad. Yeah, I, I just think that's interesting with most adoptive stories, like... Because they don't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not really happening to them. But I always just wonder, like, what right. adoptive moms say about birth dads. I don't... Like, do you do, think or do they even talk are, about them? Do you, so, in our case, no. Maybe other people do. But, like, what... I mean, who's going through most of this experience... Having a child grow in their body and then having to, like, let them go. Relinquish, yeah. Yeah. I just think that's an interesting spin I just think on that, the whole thing. Yeah. Like, how moms, birth moms get, like, all the quote-unquote credit. Yeah, they get all the ire also from people that are unhappy. Right. But it's, it's just, always mom-centric. I just I just find that fascinating how... Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember... 50% of the, <laughs> the equation is left out somehow. I don't think I ever talked to them about him in my entire life. That's ever. interesting. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I don't know. Um, and I would generally say it was probably my mom I was having most of these conversations with. So my dad wasn't Again. definitely wasn't a at talking about it or b talking about this facetious dad. Yeah. So. Well, the women are always like the center of the family. I as guess. far as emotions, like they're always pretty much in charge of all of that, except for Bruce. Yeah, Bruce is different. <laughs> Thank God. They Thank know. God. I love him. Right. Yeah. So one of the people asked me a question and they said, did I know... Like a listener question? Uh, it was a listener question, yes, from Rachel. Rachel from uh, Dimples and Adoption, that other show that we really like. Uh-huh. And uh, she wanted to know when I knew your name. And pretty quick on, I knew your name. So like how old was I? Or... Gosh, I want to say it was like less than a year old. And then she mentioned that you had a brother named Brian. Mm-hmm. And then I got another letter from like uh, the Southwest Maternity Center that said something about your older brother. And it started with B-R-I. And then it was crossed out. Like, really? <laughs> like I didn't already know that. It's so or... funny. And it was like before Facebook where you could like stalk people and find them. So. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Who cared in 1984? Like, you only put like three X's, three B-R-I. Like what else would that be but Brian? <laughs> 
but yeah. I already kind of knew that, so it's like that You're was like, odd. But thanks, though. Yeah, thanks for trying to keep that anonymous. That's funny. But yeah, I, they never mentioned like your younger brother's name. I don't know if the letters stopped be, after or before that um, your younger brother came. Yeah, I don't to know. To be in your family. And he was only two years after me, but um, yeah. So I'm how weird sure. was it to see somebody else's name that they had given me? I liked the name actually. It's a pretty good name. She was asking me if I had another name for you, and I thought, oh my god, I was eighteen years old. It would have been some horrible stripper name like April or Amber or something. <laughs> actually like the name amber let me just clarify on that. i still do For any potential ambers listening <laughs> don't be offended don't have your feelings heard that was just the name of the day yeah that's funny because my name is jennifer it's not jenny but i've never been called anything else other than jenny so it's just it's yeah. funny um and then your mom something i had read from her a letter she had sent had also said that you had a doll named jenny and i was like oh that's funny so, yeah i did jenny jones no. Yeah, Jenny Jones. My sister had a doll named Susie Smith because we're that white. <laughs> Before there was actually a Jenny Jones? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's this weird. Like in the early 70s, yeah. That's weird. We had the same doll and we, they had different names. That's funny. <laughs> was there questions around like looking for your biological parents that your adoptive parents ever addressed? Did they encourage it, discourage it? What was their attitude towards that? So I only remember talking about that like one time in my whole life. Um, I want to say I was like 16 years old because I know my older brother was still in the house. And David was there. I don't even... Matthew's like 10 years younger than me. So he's probably playing in the dirt with like bugs. Right. Um, I know that they were... I don't know how it came up, but they were like, oh, would any of you ever want to, like, meet your biological parents? And I was so like... So they actually brought it up. Like, you didn't bring it or up. Or look for them. Yeah. I just remember it being, like, a conversation at one point when I was, like, an adolescent. And uh, my older brother, his attitude is completely different than mine. He doesn't ever want anyone to know he's adopted. Um, he has absolutely no interest. He is very, like, bitter, I would say, about it. Do you think he carries shame from that? Like, do you, do you think that he feels being adopted is shameful? I think it makes him think, like, you're less than, in yeah. a way. Like, he is a very, like, I have to be perfect. I am wildly successful. I am, I live a quintessential beautiful life. And, like, this little detail about me, to him, makes him feel, I think, a little bit less than. Did you guys know a lot of other adopted kids, like, when you were growing up? Because I've only really had experience with maybe one other adoptive person that I knew in my life. And it was my girlfriend when I was growing up in uh, my hometown. She was adopted. And it was just like, yeah, she's adopted. And, like, it wasn't, like, yeah. less than. I, I, we, I didn't have a negative outlook on that. Like, this makes this person less than. Or it what just was. makes it just... a person... Everybody deals or has a different perspective, right? So he just... Obviously had a different perspective, which is interesting because we're raised by the same people, right? right and right. we're getting the same, like, Input. feedback or whatever about it, uh, you know, from the same people. And then the two of us have completely totally. polar opposite opinions on it. So his position was, no, you know, I would never do it. And looking back, I don't, I mean, that's, I would say, like, 90% correct. Who knows if there's that 10% where he was the first person to answer and didn't want to seem like he was, like, being um, not loyal to them or any of these other, like, right. 
words that you're supposed to be as an adoptive person towards your adoptive parents. So do you feel like you really know how he feels about that? I do feel like I really know because I feel like that's just, I feel like that's the true answer, but could it potentially have something to do with this other piece? I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So then I was like, oh yeah, I definitely want to. And then my middle brother, David, I I don't even know if he had an answer because his situation is completely different. He was abandoned at a, orphanage orphanage in korea and like i mean sure he could look i think it would be a lot more difficult i mean maybe in the next 20 years with the dna dna spreading more widely i just don't know how frequently people do that in other countries um i'm sure they do and i'm sure it's gonna grow but i don't know so there's that and then yeah matthew was off doing whatever and he's their kid biologically so yeah that's crazy yep interestingly enough the girl that i knew like in high school that was adopted ended up getting pregnant and gave her child away for adoption. I have read that people like keep repeating the cycle because it's like something you're familiar with and you find that it's like just an option. Yeah, and I guess in a way it kind of normalized it for me. I'm thinking, you know, making this decision, it's like, well, like that happened to her and she's choosing this, so it must not be bad. Right. Like it made it seem, mm-hmm. I don't know. And she's probably never like delved that far into it. I don't know. Yeah, because I think before, maybe the last, I don't know, I'm not like a historian on adoption, like, quote unquote, coming out of the fog, whatever, all that stuff. But I don't think like more than 20 years ago, people were really examining like, oh, you can have these different feelings other than what you've been trained to feel your entire life from your front, my front, and my parents' front. So, I don't I just think it's like a crazy, in some ways, like social experiment. Oh, that, totally. Uh, people don't really know what's going on. Yeah. What's going on or how you should like or how counsel turn people. Out. Or, exactly. I'd like to have a whole yeah. show on that. Oh, I know. <laughs> there is this like, I don't know, set of boundaries or acceptable feelings that they placed on everyone in the whole triad, I think. Yeah. I guess, I, I guess my, and to my point, it's like it kind of validated my feelings. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, they, yeah, I just distinctly remember them asking in the kitchen and we were all answered and I was the only one who's like, oh yeah, I'm going to. <laughs> Sooner or later, it's going to happen. <laughs> right. So, and I don't feel bad about it. Like, no, oh, what's there to feel bad about? Oh, we could go. Do you feel like, like they're missing out on something by not knowing that? And do you think like, that was another one of not my questions. Not knowing what? Not knowing who their biological parents are. And do you think that's like something, a part of their psyche that they don't want to uh explore or yeah i don't know or some part of their feelings they don't want to explore yeah i don't know i don't know i think brian is just disinterested and he's like oh this is my family this is what it is yeah but it's interesting that he had a letter so going through the letters that my mom had sent you today it mentioned that my brother's mom had sent brother birth mom had sent a more of an explanation letter about like her life you know conceiving yeah. him and then like why um but i it's t- i told you like i don't even know if he, if he ever read that right right so yeah they were asking me if I, one of the letters there is like i need you to write this letter which i already thought i had done like i remember actually sitting there and like here's the story of this blah 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 maybe it wasn't detailed enough but then this one that she was requesting in March of 1982. You're like caseworker. Yeah. Was requesting like a month one. after. It's like, well, just, you know, describe your feelings. Like, you don't want to know. A month <laughs> you after. Don't know. 
there is nothing positive I could say here. Right, you didn't, this is not the time for you to rewrite the... Yeah, I'm not going to rewrite uh, what I felt there. Like, you want to yeah. hear how doom and gloom or... Yeah, no. Yeah, they probably should have had you write a rewrite it if they didn't like your original letter before you yeah, gave birth. Yeah, looking like like a diary of like what my exact feelings were at exact times. I was like, you really want to know what's happening now? You don't want to know. Or maybe they were just um, taking your. Maybe they really weren't considering your true feelings at that time. Maybe they weren't putting themselves in your shoes or even. Oh no, I think it's impossible to. I don't think anybody can. I think you're going to think about it a little bit more. You think this is like their profession. They have to know what they're doing to these. Well, they're not doing it, right? They're yeah. providing this service. But you have to be able to like, especially if you've had a child, like kind of comprehend like how potentially like sad that could be for somebody. Yeah. I don't know if they really did though. Yeah. I was listening sure. to one podcast and it was like, you know, for your birth moms, you should do stuff that you liked, you know, earlier. Like if you liked playing solitaire on the computer or like revert to some things that made you happy like i could candy crush my way out of this <laughs> seriously like that's gonna help me now no don't, don't you try though you candy crush i do candy crush every day but it wouldn't erase that pain oh so they're saying to birth mothers choose something you like to do before yeah, like, like that brought you joy before it. it's like no oh, that's weird yeah, okay it's weird. <laughs> that's really weird that's what i mean like not understanding how that whole wound goes all right oh totally so I think people view adoption now totally different than it was back then. And I've had to educate a couple of my clients and people in my family. Like, How so? Um, like your adoptive mom, your mom, I always call her your mom, right. and dad uh, rescued these children and they were like orphans mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Well, and that's how we're supposed to feel. Totally. Yeah. That's like, that's a narrative that needs to change. I don't think and they like, really acted like that. I think that's society. Is oh, like, that's oh, totally society that needs yeah. to be educated on. That's not like how that was. Right. And so they were going, Oh, you know, your mom and dad took on these, these children and like, uh, no, that's kind of how you had a family back in 1981, 82, 80, whatever your brother was. When you 79. couldn't get pregnant. Yeah. You couldn't get pregnant. There was no IVF. That didn't exist at that point. It's crazy. So your mom and dad Stone you ages. Know, got this perfect son from Catholic Charities, and you could only get one back then if you had a son, so you could only get one kid. And here comes really? you. You yeah. told me that, actually. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So here comes you, and you were telling me, too, like, you were the most expensive kid that they got. Well, I remember one time, I was like, how much did it cost to adopt a kid? And they were, like, telling us, you know, you were probably 4000 whatever, whatever it was. And I remember them telling me I was the most expensive, and then I had to, like, you know, rub that in everybody else's face. Like, I'm, I'm the more most valuable. Expensive. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was at the end of an era, you know, like, you had the baby scoop era, and then abortion came through through and then like babies were less available and to have a healthy white baby yeah. was a gold mine for somebody because well, back then for they these didn't want yeah. yeah they didn't yeah. want to match white people with other mixed race kids because that was yeah. a problem i think our my generation there's tons of transracial adoptees though. right right i think it's probably like my generation is when it first started or more so i don't know i'm not I'm a totally historian but i feel like there's a lot of you know, and especially, so David is a prime example. I don't know, I never asked, like, oh, did we adopt David because they just won't let you have any more kids from America? I don't know the situation. Also, I don't think that my parents would care because they're, like, not yeah. racist, but then, I mean, that poses its own set of 
issues for a kid, whether or not you're racist or not. You're first of all, you're not identifying with the family that you're living with because they're not your biological family to a certain degree. It matters. Right. And then you think that makes an extra put on top of it. You're not even the same like race as them. Do you think that's a good idea as an adoptive person? Do you think that's a good idea? I don't think that's for me to answer, right? Because that's not my experience. But I do think it seems extremely hard. Yeah, from everything I've listened to, it's like a double identity loss, so to speak. Yeah, and I think one... So if you grow up with a family that isn't your biological family, but you look like them, it's easier to maybe not stick out like a sore thumb, you know what I mean, like right. to a certain degree. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, then you were telling me your mom was looking at a child that maybe had cerebral palsy or something like that. Do you think she, at that point, like it morphed from... Having a family to a calling. Yeah, I think her number one calling in life was to be a mom, right? That's all she ever really truly wanted to do. Right. But I don't know. And also when I was little, so I had my older brother, myself, and then my middle brother, um, two years younger. And I used to want a sister so bad. And I used to like tell her to, you know, give me a sister, blah, blah, blah. And she'd be like, well... Just pray to God every night that he'll bring you a sister. Because I think she wanted to have more kids, right? Right. So I would pray. And I was like pissed that this kid never came, right? (laughs) So, and then when I was 10, she finally got pregnant. It was like a boy. I was like, dang it. Golly. Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. And then who knew all along? I had two sisters I didn't know about. Yeah. So maybe God does answer your prayers. Just not in the way that you want. Just 36 years later. Yeah, exactly. That's funny, right? So do you think you would have turned out different if you were raised with me? Who knows what would have happened to us, right? Right. So you would have been 19. We would have been in a homeless shelter. (laughs) Yeah. there's that. No, seriously. So, I mean, even under the best circumstance, like, who knows what that would have been like. I know. It's hard for me to even fathom that, much less I'm thinking you. It's even harder to fathom because you have this whole other reality that's not centered around me, obviously. Yeah. I just think there's a lot of, like... You know, if you're struggling as a single mom, right, that creates opportunities for kids to find not as positive things to do. And I think I would have been that mischievous child to find those things. So, (laughs) you know, in that circumstance. But I think like, you know, Allie and Tia are also, you know, your children, but you had them at a time where you had more stability and you were mature and you were ready to be a mom. And like, obviously they did exceedingly well. Um. So speaking of that, I think this is interesting, too, because I listen to a lot of things about adoptees, and they're talking about that need to be perfect and so that they won't be, I don't know, getting rid of or discarded or whatever. It's just like the feel to need perfection, and you've mm-hmm. done really well in your life. And do you attribute any of that to that? Because I always wonder about because that. Because people say that? People say that. Yeah, no. I think that's like innate, right? I think it's an innate quality. Well, I think it's kind of interesting because you and Tia are exactly like that. They're, you're both extremely driven. Right. And then, but they say like, to your point, adopted people always try to be perfect because they're deep down insecure that they're not good enough or whatever the whole, I think that's what they say. I don't like. Everybody so, has a different feeling. I just don't identify with that whatsoever, but um, yeah, I don't know. They say it. It's like. But you can't tell if you're one way or another sometimes. I, it can be a blend. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah but I've just felt that. like that from forever. Like I've always wanted to excel and yeah, totally. So, but it's interesting these, these things that they put on a certain category of people based on their circumstances. Yeah. 
But, I tend to think it's a family thing. <laughs> oh, like innate? And yeah, and there's no, the other question. I want to take credit for this. I'm just going to say this right now. I want to take credit for this because I don't get a lot of credit on the whole face thing. <laughs> you don't get credit for any type of <laughs> like looks because looks nobody, none of your children look like you. But, you know, in my family, like of all my siblings, all of us are self-employed because we can't stand to have somebody else tell us what to do. <laughs> and we've all made a good living and all been pretty successful. You know, like there's nobody that's... yeah. Not making it or yeah. not living up to their full potential. So I wonder if that's just like not a nature thing. Sometimes. So I'll blame you because I wasn't raised with you to know that I shouldn't work with other people. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I think you learn over time and you mature and you figure out how to um, function and be in a different environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What other questions do we have from listeners come in? And by the way, if anybody has questions about the podcast or our story or things we haven't covered or been clear enough about, you can send an email to how I met my mom, the pod or how I met my mom podcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and send us a DM and we will try to get to them. So this one question was from Rachel. Uh, it was about the last episode about amnesia with your dad, not knowing who you were. And I totally, <laughs> that he didn't want to know. No, of course he doesn't want to know. And that's, denial is a very powerful coping mechanism for a lot of people. Yeah. So I totally get it. And so I had to go over this with you before this. Like, do you think I'm selling you out by having any sympathy and understanding right. for his situation? I just get how he feels like he's afraid of a loss of a child. I know what that feels like. So right. I have empathy for him on that. But yeah. no, that wasn't how that was back then. Like you were supposed to relinquish and go away. You just go away. Right. You're never to be heard from again. And this has got to be shocking as hell for him. Yeah. And but I also I... want to talk about like, I don't think everybody thinks we deserve this. Right. I think that's I think huge said too. That on, yeah. And I think that's probably, yeah. I think that's a few. That's from people of that generation. You don't deserve that. Even my friends. Like friend people has, would treat you like that? Uh, that we deserve to be reunited. Like that's unnatural for them mm. and they they view it uh, i can't even see say negatively they they view it as it's i'm not shouldn't be happening yeah yeah so that's i have this friend gary that's adopted right and, your best friend yeah my bestie from way back and he is just baffled that we would be having this relationship because he, he just he couldn't do it or uh you know i asked him he got 23 and me and he found out he had a first cousin i go are you going to contact this person he's like i don't know like he kind of felt like he had to wait till his mom died i think a lot of people always say that you have to wait yeah whatever, like but... you never know man that's like that could happen at any time like if she's still out there like do you want to know see how he just said she's still out there i never said if she and he were still out there right um yeah so i think he views it he he looks puzzled at me and is like I've, I I get the feeling he feels like I don't deserve this. Yeah, I don't so know. So we don't talk about it a lot because it's like right. I don't jab at people's wounds. Yeah. I just would have preferred for you to have met my mom, right? In oh, like yeah, a totally. In situation. a perfect world, that would have happened, yes. Yeah. And I think from her letters, her even writing like, oh, our daughter, whatever. Right. Shows the terminology her, showed um, I guess that's why I always felt sympathetic with her. Like I never had yeah. like an issue like of oh this other woman's raising my child. I hate her because it didn't sound I, as in, like she was as intimidated as maybe some people have. Yeah, been. Like, or she scared. seemed open. She seemed 
more but, open. I don't know. I just always had a good feeling about her. Like, yeah. I always had a good feeling. And I think she was the kind of person who would have did or done whatever would make me happy, regardless if it would cause her some sort of pain, right? Like, right. I think that she's just she that kind of person. She had emotional maturity on that, yeah. Yeah. And then she would have told my dad what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and he would have followed. Totally. <laughs> yeah, so that's for sure. <laughs> I would like to think that. I think that's the kind of person that she was, so. Yeah. Yep. Um... Is that all the questions that you had from that list? Um, no. You said you had one. Somebody wanted to know how we felt when we react or got reattached. Uh, so somebody else had sent in a question. I'm sorry, I can't remember because it's been a while. We're really bad at getting these done in a timely right. manner or posting in a timely manner in general. But um, this is kind of like you know a fun thing for us to do and document. Um, so somebody else has asked what I felt like you know, the first time I met you and like reuniting and all of that. And mm-hmm. So that's, that is like the craziest, wildest feeling ever. I would totally. Say. I think like, I expressed it like uh, being hit by a, a truck. Yeah. It was such a body hit, you know, like, oh my God, like all this stuff here. So like when I met Jenny, the song from Leon Bridges was out called Beyond. <laughs> so no. it's my theme song for her. <laughs> and it goes like, I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> feeling things I've never felt. It's hard for me to imagine her personality and everything. I know I can't read my own writing here. Uh, Oh, it brings me to my knees. I'm scared to death that this might be it, that the love is real. (laughs) That the shoe might fit. She might just be my everything and beyond. that's That's how it's been since. And it's like, it's crazy. Every time I hear that song, it's like, mm. except for the part where it's like, we're going to have a baby together and the GSA part. <laughs> let's skip that. <laughs> yeah, because then it's getting just a oh, little no, too creepy. <laughs> no, and I think you can find meaning in whatever song. I get what you're yeah, saying. No I song is perfect. Sweet. So, no, I, I remember when I was on the plane and I was like landing and I was like, oh, oh wow. What just happened there? You know, no, I was like getting off the plane and then you're like coming. It's just a weird, crazy yeah. thing. I don't know. To see somebody you haven't seen your whole life in right. 36 years, right? So, And it keeps ever evolving, you know? And I keep wondering, like, when's the bad part coming? <laughs> Everybody's always like, you're going to have all these hard feelings. And it's like, yeah, like, when is that going to happen? Like, Hard feelings about what? I don't know. Like, I've had, like, some other birth moms that are telling me, it's not going to be what you think. Mm. And I'm thinking, I never really thought what it was going to be, actually. Neither so I, I just always kind of kept an open mind to every aspect of it. Yeah, I never... I know you don't have to move into that house right next door to me that I want you to live in, but... <laughs> the house next to Kelly's house is for sale, and me and my wife are trying to find a house in a very competitive market in Denver where you get, like, 14 offers on each house. But anyway, her neighbor's house is literally right next door is up for sale, and I'm like, I don't want Bruce to divorce you because we're always hanging out, so... I'm not going to move into that house. It's funny because Stephanie would not care. She wouldn't. No, she would not at all. No, she's like, she has a really cute name. So my other daughter, Allie's going, you already said at that other house, you're going to be randomly walking by their house. I go, no, it's right next door. I said, but I won't have to walk by. I can just look for my dad. <laughs> yeah. Probably shouldn't live next to each other. Um, <laughs> so we can both stay married. Yeah. Uh, and so Jordan will come home to my house. She'd probably be in your yard all the time because your yard's beautiful and you have chickens and turtles and yeah, all it's, that a, stuff. it's wildlife okay. back here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts about the first time we met? 
No. Yeah, I would just say it's like exhilarating and nervous. Yeah, and it's like a roller coaster. It's just a security. High. It's like, yeah, 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 all that. It's all but, that. Yeah. Anxiety, happiness, um, trepidation. I mean, everything. You know, like you just don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. It's like the most giantest surprise ever in your life. Yeah, and I think I could compare it to like. When Jordan was born, I just wanted to stare at every part of her to see, memorize what she looked like. Right. Every, her toes, her, her cuticles, whatever, like her whole, you're just, you're just looking at this person you've never seen. And like, for me, it's somebody I've never seen anyone who's like biologically related to me. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like crazy like that. I don't know. Yeah. It's a, a lot very, of staring. A lot of staring. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay though. That's funny. And I feel like your whole family wanted to stare at me, too. Not, not like, your girls, but, like, Liz. They're like, whoa. Oh, God, yeah. They're all looking for the... Not so much the girls, but I think Liz was like, I've always known about you, but I haven't seen you in forever. Well, same with my brother. Like, did you feel like he stared at you, or... No, he's a little more disinterested in general. I think he's just living his life, but... Yeah, I think it was more of a trip for Liz, because you were probably closer to her at that time period. And then it was, like, this person re-emerging that's been gone for, like, decades. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's probably the only one in my family that I talk to about this, you know, because I don't really talk to my brother. Like, love you, Bill. Just we're just not that kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Close. No, Terry, of course, his wife. I talk to about it because mm-hmm. I see her. And you have you know, a close I just relationship see her with her. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's funny the people that you talk to and don't talk to about this. I still have people I don't talk to about it because they're gonna give me a political opinion or I'm not gonna have a genuine conversation with them about a lot of stuff. How so? How would they not? How would they be disingenuous? Uh, so the fact that you're gay, I have a friend that I've never told about this because I know her daughter's gay and we'll never have an honest conversation about that. she doesn't even want to know her daughter's gay. No. she's. Yeah. We've never talked about this. I've known her like 20 years. How funny. But I saw her daughter at the bank with her uh, father and it's like, ooh. You're like, yeah, <laughs> you're definitely gay. No, like, yeah. It's so weird to me that you even know people like that because I don't know anyone like that, or they just don't. Well, say they're older. To my like face. she's like seventy five, you know, like <laughs> seventy five and Catholic. They just... oh seventy five, yeah. yeah, yeah, basically. But I'm thinking, like, I don't think I want to bring this up because, like, I don't want to have like a fake conversation. So let's just leave that there. Yeah, but also like, how sad for your daughter? So if she's seventy five. I know. Like, that's 50. what it makes it it's sad for that because I'm gonna have to address that. I'm like, why don't you talk about that? Because I would if I'm gonna have a conversation touch like this, I'm gonna so have many... a real conversation with you. Yeah, it would touch off on too many things. Yeah, for... I don't think she, it would be pleasant for her. So it's just like, mm, just you gotta read your room, right? Yeah, sometimes just not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, but otherwise it's strange. It's like people that knew me way back in the day that knew about you. You know, like they're all excited about it, and then there was like decades where. Like, I didn't talk about it because it was irrelevant to... Why would you? Unless it was somebody in the triad. Like, well, they don't give a shit. Well, you like, when I'm, like, 15, like, oh, I'm really still so... I'm really, so really sad about this. Can I tell you about, like, this loss that I had, be, like, like, over and over again? I'm going to cry it. a lot. Yeah. And, like, nobody really wants to hear that. But then, like, people I've met in the last few years, I don't even introduce you as, like, my relinquished daughter. It's like, this is just my daughter. I just I just pick up where, where it left off. Yeah, and that's I don't how... feel like I need to explain anything. It's just... Yeah, and what that's what I say, too. I just be... Well, especially, like, here, because I don't know... We just moved here, like, almost a year ago. And I don't know people here that knew my mom, so... It's almost like a whole new chapter. Well, it'd be weird for me to be like, hey, this is my birth... Then it's, like, just so many, like, questions. Like, so yeah. I'm just like, this is my mom that lives here, my mom. Um, But then if I know you, like, we'll talk about it. It's not something I don't want to talk about, but... Right. Um, Yeah. 
I also think I don't, this is like probably a really unpopular opinion, but I think birth mom is a really weird thing to say. Yeah, it's kind of like you're just like that vessel. That's all it was. Yeah, so I'm not. I don't. I don't know if like that's it. I just don't. At first mom sounds weird too. Yeah, no. I like the fact that you just call me Kelly. Quite honestly. Yeah, I just think it's super weird. Which looking back on you know looking back on all these papers and stuff, like I have my birth or. Uh, hospital band from being in the hospital you know with your name on it <laughs> okay. they didn't even spell my name right you know and i was like that's just how disposable you were back then like they just couldn't even get my name right <laughs> no i know i know no i just think i don't know i just think it's a weird it's like a differentiating term to make people feel better so other people feel better i don't know i, I just don't i don't care for it i just don't that's me personally. I know like most people probably use that, but I just don't. Yeah. So whatever. I basically do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. With some resolve for yes. other people's feelings. Um, but yeah, that term is, I mean, there's so many of those touchy little things that everybody has an opinion on, especially within this community, but I just. Right. Don't. Right. So. Interesting. Mm-hmm. that's it for this episode have you heard from pat i haven't heard from him in a few weeks my biological dad i haven't texted him i know gosh i maybe texted him two or three weeks ago i know in the last episode i was like oh we'll probably be meeting some point soon i haven't reached out the last time i talked to him he seemed very um bothered by his health situation just yeah, the fact scary. that i mean yes he went through an extremely scary situation that could have resulted in his death i'm sure right um but so the last time i talked to him he was out of the hospital and trying to recover but i guess it could take months a long yeah. recovery but he seemed very worried about it so i was yeah, like i'm too. gonna yeah. let you deal with this and get back to you yeah don't you think yeah, totally. It takes a long time to get over pneumonia, and especially if you had PE and yeah, and people like don't want to yeah think about matter. meeting someone when they're not in, in the middle of COVID still and dire health situation. Well, at least you could just just see your eyes you know? <laughs> out of the mask. <laughs> no, you're gonna have to take off your mask if I'm gonna see you for the first time. So we can wait if you're not comfortable. No, I know he's taking it seriously because he has these underlying yeah. health issues. Yeah. So. So, yeah, no real update there. Um, my dad's coming for Jordan's birthday in November, so that'll be exciting. Yeah, that will be. Um, but, yeah, and I think that's all of our updates for now. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, hopefully we'll be back with another episode soon. Sooner than later. Bye. Bye.